everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 316, an update episode. Yeah, we love our update episodes because it's our chance to kind of talk about the things going on in our life, reselling-wise, what's going on in the reselling world in general, give you some uh, super... Uh, I think we decided juicy bolos wasn't good and spicy wasn't good. I don't know. We got to come. No, no. I yeah, I think they're I think they're fair. Profitable bolos. Uh, <laughs> there you, uh, go. Um, you know, financially rewarding items that you should be on the lookout for. There you it's go. A little there bit more uh, more business professional, I guess. So uh, oh, we're good. We're good. Right. It, it keeps people tuning in when we're not professional. So all right. Hey, a uh, lot going on these days. I I, I want to go with you first. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the bad and then I'm gonna go to the good. So we'll end on a good note because this is, this is a keep it real episode. Wait, so you're going to start with the bad and end with the good. Yes. So you want me to go first? No, no, I don't understand no. where this is going. No, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Oh, okay. So, so how's things going? Mike? <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty good. Um, so I, I went out sourcing this last Saturday to some garage sales and it was kind of a, like a funky timing wise because I had to drop my in-laws off at the airport. Uh, uh, in the morning and so and they like needed, super early yeah i mean super early in the sense of like not early enough to go uh, and, that's and what i was asking the, the golden hour right so it was like seven o'clock when they needed to be at the airport okay so by the time i got them to the airport got them dropped off got back on the road it's like 7 30 and so a good portion of garage sales is already done by that point especially when you consider that area now i i could have spent the time to drive back out to like where i live which is you know a little bit further out of mm-hmm. town from san diego from the airport but by that time, by, by the time I got back into that area, it'd be like well past eight, be like eight fifteen, I'm sure. So I'm like, okay, it's not worth doing that. So I need to get something closer. So I'm like, all right, what if, what if I just look up some stuff n- near to the airport? And one of the things I realized is um, there are definitely benefits to us being in a populated city area, populated county. Mm-hmm. You know, we we hear people say they're out in rural areas, and so they have they have benefits too. There's tons of benefits, but uh, one of the things, depending on where you're at in the country, is that garage sales aren't as abundant as they are here, right? Southern California, pretty much year round, there's going to be garage sales. There's not like a winter time where people are out shoveling their driveways from snow. And so they're not doing garage sales. Like they're doing garage sales all the way through. Uh, It slows down and peaks at various times of the year, but the weather is nice enough here that we can do garage sales pretty much anytime. Mm So um, there's the benefit of that. But then what I've realized, this is only maybe the second or third time I've tried to source in the like actual San Diego city proper area. Oh man, that's brutal out there. It's horrible. It is. I, I never like going down there. So if you're, I in, tried it a couple of times. Yeah. If you're in like an actual city city, it's not worth it. Like where the money is, there's like a sweet spot. So there's, there's the city itself, right? Uh, the urban areas. And then there's the way outskirts, rural areas, which can do okay, but depending on where you're at. Eh. And then there's like, the suburbs. And I feel like that's where you're going to, you, you tend to get the It all depends money. on what you sell, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Sure. Right. So like, but the suburbs is, is tends to be where you're going to have people who they've got a little bit of money, but it's also like a little bit easier to get to like houses, even parking, yeah. right? Like when you're trying to park downtown in an urban area, 
And it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, we're used to being able to pull up to a garage sale, look real quick. I just park in the middle of the street sometimes. Yeah. And, and you can't do that when you're downtown, right? So, <laughs> no. um, so anyways, I found one that was a essentially a community rummage sale as uh, how it was presented. And it was a rummage sale in like a giant apartment complex type building. And so I was like, OK, we'll see how this goes. Well, where this was, this is actually like kind of like more a little bit closer to like the Hillcrest area. And where this was is um, I'm assuming the building itself. I mean, it was an older building. You could tell that most of the people who live there are a little bit older. And okay. there's like a community center room or a community room in the building. And that's where they were having this rummage. Where'd though. you park? I mean, I just was able to find a, a parking on the street. I had to walk a little ways. It wasn't because that bad. area is tough. It's not like you can just pull up to the building. Right. Exactly. And so okay. it, was, it was a little bit harder. But I mean, I was there early enough. I think it started at eight. So I'm like, OK, sweet. I'm actually going to be here before it starts. Uh, so I get good parking. I get in there. And there's maybe nine people selling inside of this community <laughs> yeah. room. And it's all like one of the worst things. Like the two things that I don't like finding are when we've mentioned before, when you pull up to a garage sale and it's just lots of baby stuff. Oh, it's the worst. Right? Um, now, there's money and kid stuff for sure. But if it's just like I, baby I don't believe clothes, there isn't. I mean, there can be. right? I, I, I mean, you sell toys. So there's that, no, that's true. That's true. But we're talking about like little kid. And, and there's a part of me. Like, I know that market really well because I had kids, right? So it's very easy. You can very easily find out, like, if something's worth something right. or not, you know? So that's that's one that is kind of, you already just know, like, okay, this is not going to be what I'm hoping for. And then the other one is, like, the elderly. Now, there is the element easy of... Now. Well, I, I, I'm saying that there's a, an element of like, okay, you can get to like some really good vintage stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can find, I mean, there, there's definitely that sweet spot of, hey, I was at an estate sale and I just scored like crazy, right? There's a person there in their 70s, 80s, 90s, they passed away. And there's really good stuff here that they had since they were a kid and it's vintage and it's amazing. But a lot of times when it's like a garage sale, not a vintage or a estate sale, and it's, and it's people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, a lot of times they're just gathering random stuff around their house and bringing it down. And it's like the stuff that they didn't want. Like here's some as seen on TV stuff that I had bought, never opened or opened and, you know, used. And I think for some reason, someone's going to want this foot bath of mine, you know, that I used a few times. The like, TV ears are good though. The they can be. On TV, yeah, for TV sure. Ears are good. There, there, there are certain things, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? I know. So, no, I get it. And the problem is with that is a lot of the stuff they feel is really valuable. Right. Right. And so that's where the difficulty runs in because it's different when you go out to like an estate sale and everything is priced high. It's a little different because it seems to me that you know, especially in the city, people hold on to things more, mm-hmm. right? Because when they're in the suburbs, whatever, they're, I think they're always buying stuff, right? When they're in the city, they, they have to be really selective in what's in their place. Yeah, when you have a smaller space, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's just one of those things, like, just the very first one. And I, I knew that there wasn't a lot in the area I'd already checked. And so I'm like, I'm just going to walk this thing twice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at everything. And there was just nothing. I mean, there was a couple of things I looked at. But it was, you know, cheapy coffee pots that they probably got at Walmart five, 10 years ago. And there's, like I said, foot baths and random clothes that are out of style. That is that is one of the grossest things to ever pick up. Yeah. And so it was, you know, calculators, but not like nice, you know, TI-85s or whatever. But, yeah. but you know, like the big giant calculators <laughs> that you get at Walgreens uh, in the, in the you know, in the calculator section. section. So, um it was just not good. And so it was a bit of a bummer uh, just to, to see that. But I tried. I, I really did. I found a couple of things that were interesting to look up, but just nothing ended up panning out. And then I was like, OK, well, I'm going to have to just suck it up and drive a little bit. So I drove 
towards Mission Valley because then I saw there's a community sale and this community sale is advertising 400 condos in this in this mm. community. And it's not cheap to live in there. So no. I, I know a lot of people are, they have no idea what we mean by Mission Valley. So Mission Valley's like probably like 10 minutes outside of the center of downtown. And I would say a condo there that's maybe, I don't know, 1,300 square feet. It's probably about four to 5,000 a month on the low end. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so there's money there. Yeah. Yeah, just for rent. For rent. So um, it's, yeah. So I'm like, okay, some condos here. 400 of them. It says the community is going to be, you know, selling and and it's hit or miss, right? You go to community sales and there's times where it's like, man, tons of people are participating in it. And it, and it made it seem like in the article or in the uh, Craigslist ad that there was going to be lots of participation. So I get there. Those are my favorite and 400 I, homes. Yeah. When you always know like 400 homes, I'm like, okay, if there's 400 homes, you know, it'd be great to get like 20, 20 homes yeah, participating, yeah. 20, 25 homes. That's like a dream. And so I get there. And it's like a half hour after their like stated start time. So I'm for sure everybody's going now. This is going to be probably all the good stuff's gone. And I started driving around. There were four. <laughs> and the fourth was setting up. And I actually, me and some other resellers, I'm assuming they're resellers, stood out for like 15 minutes while they're setting oh, stuff up. That makes up. it even worse. Because we're like, come on. like. And the lady's like, you know, there's other places you can drive around and I'll finish setting up. And it's like, well, I already went to the other two and uh, it's it. It's you. <laughs> now, think about this for a second. 400 condos in this community and four of them were selling. That is. And, and it says over 400 condos. So there's more than 400 condos in the community. That is under 1% participation. Under <laughs> 1% participation. How can you even advertise but this as like a community it, thing when there's less than 1% participation? Well, let me explain to you what happened. So this happens all the time. There's a there's an area out here that there, there's always a post that there's a community sale, 300 homes. And what it is, it's one person that wants to sell their stuff at a garage sale. And they, they ask a couple of their neighbors. Yeah, No, no. They don't even ask their neighbors. They just say that there's a community sale. So everybody goes to that one sale because it's the only one there. I mean, it's a, it's a genius move, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Hmm. That's just my thoughts. I mean, there's a, I mean, part of the reason why those, I, I do think it was like an organized community sale in a sense, because I've lived in a condo like that before in a HOA. And when you're at an HOA, you can't just do, depending on the HOA, but a lot of HOAs, you can't just have a garage sale whenever you want. There's like two dates during the year and the HOA votes on them. So like we'll have one in the spring and one in the fall. And those are the two dates that you can have a garage sale okay. if you're in this HOA. That's so that's true. why they do like, like that. It's a community sale in the sense of like, here's the one weekend we're allowed to sell as a community. But you would imagine like the HOA or the people there would like try a little bit harder if that's something they really wanted to do. Mm. So, cause I've been to somewhere you can tell that whoever put it on, like I've been at somewhere I'm shopping and the person who's like one of the organizers putting it on is driving by, how's everything going? They're like, thanks Cheryl. This is a great sale this year. And they're like having a whole conversation about how, you know, they, this is the best one they've had in a few years and how's Tom doing down the street? No, so-and-so like you could tell it's a real community that that's like organizing this, but man, less than 1% participation. So all that to say, it was definitely a bust. I probably could have picked up a few things for very small profit, but as I mentioned before, I'm trying to be uh, extra selective right now. Um, and I think you should be, I yeah. think we're at a time where it's right now, there's so much out there that you got to be selective. You know, sorry, I'm not on the mic. Yeah. You got it. You got to okay. touch the mic, man. All right, thanks, Mike. We, we want our we want our audience to hear what we're saying. Now, I will say the best one that is run by mortgage. So out here, I don't know if it's like this. Let us know in the comments. Usually, these community sales are run by mortgage companies or like uh, realtors. 
Right. And so, for example, the best one is the the beers home to my thing in San Diego. Shout out to them. I guess, you know, they didn't pay us for this, but they like give you free Krispy Kreme donuts and water bottles and they have a sweet map. And the map is like the worst is I've been to some where they give you a map, but there's no like street names or anything. It's just little dots on the map. Yeah. Stars. And if you're by yourself, like you, I, I've, I've had where I've done a ton of swerving trying to figure out where I'm at. So, all right. Well, no, uh, I'll talk about garage sales in a little bit. Um, so I'll be real with you guys. I uh, I probably had the worst sales I've had in a long time. I think in May I went through this, and uh, if things don't pick up, uh, there's a GoFundMe. I can't, I'm just joking. No, no, no. Uh, I'll probably have to dip into my savings here a little bit. Now I do keep my savings and my capital separate, and so uh, I can't I can't get rid of the capital. So Mike, you know, when when he first came over today and we, before we started recording, Mike, I said, "You just gotta stop buying," right? And and I, and I understand Mike's point of view. Mike's like, just get stuff listed because you have so much garbage <laughs> not listed. Right. And it's true. It's valid. hundred percent valid. Well, I didn't say garbage. You don't have listed. But my, my thought is if you're spending, let's say, 30 to 40 percent of your time as a reseller right now sourcing and sales aren't coming in, like maybe you, you allot 20 percent or half of that time that you're currently spending, however many hours per week, half of that. To listing and then going through your listings and like putting stuff on sale, making sure that they're like at prices that'll sell. Because I mean, yeah. if you start fire selling stuff, because I mean, no, I, it's not. I listen. I've done it. I'm telling you. So I'm at a point right now where I don't know what to do. And so I'm how many real? How many unlisted items do you have? Nah, like if you were to, if you were to guesstimate, is it is it over 500? Do we need items? to be that real on this podcast? Yeah, I, I want to say at least maybe 300. Maybe more. <laughs> maybe more. You might be right. But, but here's the thing. It's right now the buying is so good. And everything I've read is that in a downturn economy, you got to build your business. Even things are slow. You keep building because then when things turn around, you're in a better place. And so that's kind of the mentality I'm having. But I will tell you right now, I've done everything. I've run snails. snails. It's been like snails. I've run sales. I do coupons. Uh, I've you know accepted a lot of offers I, I, and I still get the low ball offers where I won't accept it. Like somebody today offered me 10 bucks on something that's worth 40. And I'm like, I'm not going to take 10 bucks. Like if you buy like maybe 20 items, I'll think about it. So I've done everything. I've been listing consistently every day. Okay. It's not like I haven't been listing. I've been shipping on time every day. I have promoted listings at 2% or more. I have everything, everything, unless I'm missing something. Maybe, maybe I need to do pay-per-click. But I think that's just going to be a mess if I did pay-per-click. And it's not even worth it for the items that I sell. So I don't really know what's going on. I, I'm not in panic mode, though. I've learned, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, uh, that no one wins when people panic. No one wins when people make sudden decisions. You just got to sit back and you keep rolling with it. And then you find ways to adapt and you make it happen. And we could maybe have a whole different conversation in two weeks. The crazy thing about it is Q4. And what's different about this Q4 is I'm not out doing Amazon right now. So maybe last year it was like this and I just didn't notice it because I was doing well on Amazon. And it's not to say I haven't tried Amazon. I've been out there. I went to a couple of Rosses. I went to TJ Maxx. I went to Marshall's. And maybe the cook groups have picked them all up, but I've, I'm just not seeing anything. On top of that, prices are really low at those stores. And a lot of the inventory they have is some of the same inventory they had last year. So... I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm I'm not stressed about it. I always have realized that things will rebound. Things will be okay. Uh, and, you know, 
I've I've told you guys I've I've been in places where I've been sixty k in debt, hundred k in debt because of Amazon, and, and within a year I'm I'm back to all good. So, so being in those bad scenarios kind of lets you know that you can always rebound. So, anyways, all right. So let's let's talk about good stuff. Well, this is kind of good, kind of bad. So the Padres, man, did I sell Padres stuff? It was a good time. I mean, we made it to the championship. I had championship tickets. I was going to resell and make like a couple of K on those. I was going to go to the game, but it was good while it lasted. I got to tell you, I, if you remember my GI Joe story and how I missed out on the GI Joe, but I got all this Padre stuff. And I got to tell you that that Padre, at least a one K within a couple of weeks, you know? And so it's been good. It's been really, really good. And then, you know, now they lost and they're not in the world series. And so now the Phillies gear stuff is selling, but I don't have any more. Do you realize we sold a Bryce Harper jersey on whatnot for like five bucks. Hey, see that you don't why. even we probably we didn't even know who Bryce Harper was when we sold it. Is he somebody? Yeah, home? he's the guy that knocked that home run that ended the Padres mm. going to the World Series. Oh, he's like yeah. one of the best players out there. We had no idea when we sold it on whatnot. So props to you, whoever. Let us know in the comments if that was you and if you're going to resell. Or are you wearing that to a Phillies game? Because it's it's just funny because now we sold a bunch of Philly stuff. And uh, yeah, probably should have held on a little bit longer. Yes, so you never know. No, garage sales. I probably had one of the biggest scores in a long time uh, this last Saturday. Those of you who follow us on Insta saw that. You know, I did that community sale, and I went to a great community sale. I showed up. The map, like, what's awesome is the ones that they give you the website address, and everything's already on the map on that website, right? And you just click on it, and it tells you the address, and you just you know where you're going. Unfortunately, I showed up and. I didn't really score anything. <laughs> and so it's like 930 in the morning and I'm on my way home and I decided to stop by a house. And I remember this house said it had model trains and it had hot wheels and had all the things I like picking up. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to battle like people. I, Cause lately people have been showing up like at four thirty-five in the morning. I, I'm not one of those people. Like I might show up at six if it's at seven, but I'm not showing up at five thirty or five AM. It's just, I just, the, the, my quality of life. I just, I can't do it. So show up at this garage sale and it was wild. No one was there. It was just me and the people hanging out there. We started talking about the Padres. Remember, it's always good to, you know, have some commonality. And they had a bunch of Charger stuff and it was wild. Like there were Lionel trains that they never like didn't sell just sitting there. And I asked them how much for the model trains. And they're like, uh, 20 bucks. And automatically in two or three days, I already sold like four for about 80 to hundred bucks. I already made my profit on those. And then there was a new bolo that I never encountered. Uh, before the bolo, there's a bunch of Chargers jerseys, Chargers shirts. I paid a dollar a piece. It was crazy the stuff I was picking up. And then I came across something that I've never thought of before. And I, I think somewhere on TikTok or YouTube, I don't even know when this was. And I always, I always say this, when you're watching YouTube or you're listening to a podcast, just, just try to like just keep things in your memory. I don't know how you do it, but it, it comes through when it counts. And so I, somehow I knew that there was money in uh, bocce ball, lawn bowling, and croquet. You ever played any of those? Oh, yeah. All of them. Okay. I haven't done croquet. I might set up a set with my kids and like play some croquet. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I used to, where I grew up, I grew up in the desert and uh, we had we had extreme, we called it desert ball and it was like extreme <laughs> croquet. And okay. we'd, we actually had some people who made um, metal mallets. We'd like, we'd actually have them... Uh, uh, 
welded together and then big old mounts and we played with baseballs like and Mad it, Max and, and it went over several people's houses so it was like one person's house what? would have like two of the goals and then you'd have to go like under like a like a ravine thing and up onto this hill and then over the next person's house and they'd have some goals and we'd play all day it was it was kind of fun but it was like extreme croquet wow that sounds like yeah. fun but uh yeah uh lawn lawn uh lawn games outdoor Lawn games, there's definitely money. And, for sure. and the comps weren't like older comps, like from the summer. They're like recent, like middle of October comps. So I purchased, I think, like four sets of vintage bocce ball, three sets of lawn bowling, uh, two sets of croquet. And I just asked the guy, and you know, I didn't haggle at all at this garage though, because he's like, um, I don't know. How about $30 for all of it? I'm like, what? 30? <laughs> okay, you sold. And then I bought another croquet set for twenty that sells for two hundred fifty to three hundred bucks, and it was it was a score. I'm probably gonna make uh, on the conservative end probably like one k. I've already made all my money back from that morning. I spent ninety one dollars in total. I've already made I think like two hundred and twenty five dollars, and I I haven't even the mic knows I haven't listed <laughs> pretty much any of it. Uh, and there are some other things I picked up too. But uh, here's the thing with garage sales: it's I always, you know, you get those moments where you feel defeated. Like you go to a few and you're like, I'm just going to go home, you know, and, and I used to do that, but I've had too many times where it's the last one that makes your entire morning. And so this made my morning. Uh, it, I learned the new bolo and there's a free bolo cause it's not even the bolo I'm talking about later on. Uh, and so it was good. It was good. It was, it was great. I think now I'm going to definitely keep an eye. I didn't know that like even some like lawn bowling, like the ball itself, if it's like a certain size can sell for over a hundred bucks just for the ball. Like that's pretty wild to me. So anyways, yeah, it was good. It was good. I hate, uh, you know, what's also been good is, uh, getting, uh, my American bowl boy on time. <laughs> and, uh, I've been, I have not sold a lot of clothes. I've sold a lot of collectibles, which means I've needed a lot of bowl wrap and I've needed it quick. And American bowl boy has been great. I ordered it. I get it next day. In my area, you might get an exit in your area or two day, but it's free shipping. You could also do local pickup if, it, and that's great. I love the fact that you can local pickup because if you're really in a in a you know desperation and you need to ship something out by tomorrow morning, you have a warehouse nearby, and the American Bowl Boy has several of them throughout the country. Like that really comes in clutch, right? You'd be willing to drive thirty minutes to get that American Bowl Boy, then drive ten minutes and get ripped off at Walmart. At least that's my thoughts. So, anyways, check them out AmericanBowlBoy.com. Use our link below. And uh, helps us out, helps you out, and uh, you get that free shipping. All right, you got some random stories here? Yeah, I mean, not a, a crazy random story, but just something that kind of reminded me of the importance of kind of keeping up with pop culture. Now, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I I hate pop culture. Like, I can't stand most of it. So, like, I don't watch TV. Uh, I don't watch most sports. And, and I'm not just trying to come across like a curmudgeon, but, like, I've got other things <laughs> to do, right? Like That's I, a vocab word, man. Yeah. So I often hear people, I often hear people like the, and this is where I get most of my pop culture is, is basically water cooler talk. Like I'm at the, I'm in the break room and people are talking about the shows they're watching on Netflix and the things that are, you know, whatever's happening in sports and nothing against it. Like I, I have certain things that I'll splurge every once in a while and spend some time on, on Netflix on a show or on a sport here and there. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing those things, but for some people it's like their entire lives. And I just, I, I've got other things going on, so I don't have the time to devote to that. Uh, but it is important to know kind of what's going on, what's popular at the time, like like I mentioned, and this was like kind of a silly one, but when the uh, Queen's Gambit was out and I was mm. like, you know, like pay attention to chess sets like there's like chess is hot right now. And some people said like, hey, like I scored pretty good on some chess stuff, which 
normally is not a huge bolo unless you got some really unique stuff. But if you're just kind of keeping up with trends and, you know, there's a, a influx of, of interest in, in a certain area. So while I was at the, uh, the I'm going to call it the old person rummage sale. Um, <laughs> while I was at the old person rummage sale, uh, I saw, uh, and this kind of goes to one of your bolos from last week, I saw a couple of uh, coffee table books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And I don't know if you know or not, but I've heard people talking around the grapevine or around the water cooler and all that, that there's a... Grapevine and water cooler yeah, in a different world. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. like the rumor mill, yeah, people yeah, are talking, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, there's a there's a, uh, a Marilyn Monroe like documentary yeah, yeah, or docuseries. Yeah, or I haven't watched it, but it got terrible reviews. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, But, I, but it, terrible enough that it went viral. Gotcha. So one of those things. So anyways, I know that like right now that that's, that's big. So I'm like, you know, I bet you there's money in Marilyn Monroe right now. I mean, I'm sure there's always collectors who are into collecting stuff. Um, and from what I gather, it's a tragic story. So, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know if I had picked up stuff anyways, not the type of stuff I normally sell, but I was interested to see like what things were selling for. And it just so happened that these specific uh, coffee table books just weren't valuable enough, especially for what the person, like we talked about what they thought it was worth. It's like they had two books plus like, a coffee mug plus something else. And you could tell they're older. They're probably from like the nineties the or whatever, these books. Um, and you know, they want like $30 each and that's about what they're selling for on eBay. So I'm just like, yeah, no, there's, there's no room. If it was like a dollar each, I'd pick them up and, yeah, and yeah. flip something, something like that. But it was just like a reminder to me that even if you're like me and you don't keep up with pop culture, it's worth it to, to kind of have a little bit of, uh, of your pulse, your finger on the pulse of culture, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I've mentioned this in the past with, you know, when it comes to what, what toys are going to sell well during Christmas, right? What are the kids into right now? What are the, what are the five to like 12 year olds? Cause they're like a huge market for, for Christmas time. Like what shows are they watching? What YouTube shows? And then you can kind of figure out like, okay, it's Ryan's world or it's this. Okay. Well, what toys yeah, on those world. are they, are they interested in right now? So if you just spent like an hour kind of just getting your your finger on the pulse every so often, like what's hot right now. And the the valuable thing you can potentially do is find a couple of YouTubers who like they're pop culture YouTubers and you don't have to watch all their stuff because then it becomes literally like all consuming content. There's just so much out there. But if you just can get like almost like a spark notes of a couple of big shows out right now or a couple of like comic books or whatever genre you're kind of into, um, because that's going to give you an idea of the types of things you you should be picking up. If you don't know what new Marvel movies are coming out, you might be passing on items at a thrift mm -hmm. store or at a garage sale where it's like, oh man, who would have known? Like I should have picked up that kind of weird looking She-Hulk thing that I saw like a couple months ago because there was a show coming out and I had no idea that this random ugly toy that, you know, is old and busted might actually be yeah, worth something because yeah. people are now interested in this, you know, kind of niche Marvel comic. So uh, you just, you kind of have to, to be aware, even if you don't, if it's not something you're, you're doing because you love, you know, what's happening with celebrities or what's happening with movies and TV shows, just having a, a, an idea of what's going on is very helpful. And, and I, I would imagine if I wasn't, a, a you know, had a full-time job where I'm hearing stuff around the water cooler, how would I know, right? If I was a full-time reseller with my personality, I'd probably never turn on anything that's like pop culture ever. Yeah. So I would just have no idea unless I am actively spending time doing that. So I'm sure there's some of our listeners out there who can relate to that where you're just like, you know what? I don't really care what's happening on TMZ or on, you know, Netflix, but every once in a while, you got to find something, even if it's just like, I don't know, maybe we got to find a couple of resources that, that might be helpful with that of just like 
a 10 minute YouTube video a couple times a week. That's just like a, when I get on TikTok, I find out like pretty quick what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I mean, that, I mean, however your sources, but then at the same time, that can be a thing where you're spending maybe hours on TikTok. No, 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 not, I'm no, not saying you, but yeah, people know, are spending hours yeah. and the, the return on investment isn't there. So like the, yeah. you want to find that sweet spot of, Hey, I only spend X amount of time to find out what's hot. And it's, it's worth the, the amount of time I'm investing in that. Yeah. I mean, like right now, one of the biggest things is the world cup was moved to Christmas and you probably didn't know that, but world cup's a big deal. It's an international thing. So if you have world cup items, like right now is the time to list them. And this is the first time I, I, I don't even know what that happened when I was a kid, but there's a lot to sell. There's a lot going on with Kanye West. I don't know how that's doing. Uh, Adidas just dropped them. And so maybe those Yeezys will be worth money. Maybe not. Maybe you don't want to sell them because you know, you have a principal stance. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you, you, there's a lot to say about what you said, because even TikTok, even, even there's like cultural trends within TikTok, like the candies one time were a lot of money or, you know, the lights that people put in the room, like all those were like super hot at one time and then they died out. Right. So yeah, no, that that's good. That's good. It, but it, I, I hear what you're saying. Like there's a lot going on. Right. All right. So mine is, you know, I'm trying to stay positive here, but I got to tell you, uh, eBay has been brutal, uh, returns lately. And I, I don't know if it's because of a downturn economy and, uh, I don't think it's going to get better as far as people returning or people challenging things. Um, my, my thoughts are, I don't think we're going to be in a better place this time next year, economically, uh, regardless of who's in office. I think, uh, we're going to be reaping what we've been doing the last two years. Uh, I'm not trying to make this an economic show, but you know, I don't know. There's talk about, you know, 40% chance of maybe a mild depression, which would be interesting. Interesting as far as like, how do we resellers adapt to that? Maybe we'll make a, uh, we made one about how to do, how to resell in a recession. We never made one if that were to happen. So uh, we did joke about it at some time and now it's not even a joke anymore. All right. Now I've had return city. Like it, I can't even begin to explain. Like I had one, I sold a camera in July for $150 and had somebody third week of October asking for me to refund them. Like out of the blue, I get this message and it always throws you off because even if you have a 30 or 60 day, when you get something to approve a return, I have automatic approval. So when I get it, I'm reading it. And the story was that they bought the camera in July and then they noticed something wasn't working. So then they went to the camera shop and then the camera shop sent it out somewhere. Then they got it back to them. And then the camera shop said it would be $140 to fix. And so now they want me to refund them. And I'm like, now there could be validity to the story. But I turned that down and luckily eBay spared me. Had another one. Sold a train. Four parts. Four parts. Missing parts. Broken. Not good. I, I shared this in the Discord too. I send it out and the person's like, hey, I tried to get it to work. It's not working. I'm like, what? I go, did you miss where I said it's for parts not working? They're like, yeah, if I read that, I wouldn't have bought it. I'm like, what? So not only, not only that, then they return it. They return it and there's pieces missing that were not missing before. So then I give them a 50% refund out of four parts not working item. Then they open a case on me. And uh, luckily eBay sided with me and uh, eBay refunded them. No cost to me. We're good. Then I get another message. Like a day later, I ship out a dress in a poly bag, which I do all the time. And I guess a person went to town with their scissors and like cut the straps on their dress. Mm. And then they sewed it together. 
And then they messaged me like, hey, uh, can we do a refund? Like, you need to work on your packaging. <laughs> I was like, uh, unfortunately, I, I sell this all the time. I'd love to give you a refund. I, I even would love to re replace it for you, but I don't have any more available. My apologies. A week later, I get a message, refund approved. I mean, uh, return approved. So they're trying to ship it back. So then I call eBay. Now, I've been, I tell people, don't call eBay. Don't call eBay. Don't call eBay unless you have to. I've called eBay probably at least five times in the last month. So I call eBay and the lady, I told the lady, I'm like, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like this has been a weekly thing. I never want to call you guys because I know you guys are busy. And she's like, yeah, it's been interesting lately. And I said, okay, so what can we do with the dress? She's like, you know what? Do you use our shipping supplies? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, now under, I want everybody to understand we are concierge. Okay. Not like we're elite or anything. We just got the concierge because we went to eBay open a while back and uh, you know, I, I don't know what are the reasons, but that's why I have concierge. And she said, you know, you bought, you use our shipping supplies. I'm going to give you a $20 gift card for more shipping supplies if you like. Nice. And I was like, all right. And then she said, when you get the dress, refund them 50%. They'll open a case. We'll take care of them and then call us back and report them and we'll take care of you again. Hey. And I there was like, go. all right, I can, I can do that. Like I'm all right. So it, I feel like it was a win. Uh, oh, I didn't mention with a train thing. I had the same thing. I said, the person's trying to return it. I really don't want them to return it. And then they said, oh, cause they gave me, that's what happened. They gave me negative feedback mm. because it wasn't working. And I know, was it the train? I don't even know. It wasn't the train. It was an elf costume that they want to return. Cause the elf costume didn't look, no, it wasn't. I don't know. I'm so jumbled. Anyways eBay cited in my favor again with the negative feedback and helped out. Uh, here, here's the thing. I think we all need to make sure we're on, on, and we'll talk about this later on top of our game when it comes to customer service, keeping our cool. You know, I, I strongly encourage everyone to do returns because in all these cases, I'm pretty sure if I didn't offer returns and somebody left me a negative feedback, I would have been stuck with it. I'm pretty sure in these cases, if I didn't offer returns, eBay would not have refunded me any money. And so Again, it's there's a value to get your get your place as far as top rated seller by selling good enough items, providing customer service, and offering free returns. So in the end, you're protected. So that's kind of okay. where we're at. So, All right, I like it. Now we got we got some info from the Discord, and I got to tell you, the Discord has been a powerful place to learn things lately. Yeah, no, it's been really awesome. I mean, the, the one of the cool things with the Discord is not only do we get to learn a ton of stuff because I'm I'm learning things all the time, like bolos or or you know, somebody found something really cool or a way of shipping something or just a new a niche that somebody's in and, and just learning from that. Uh, but also just the ability to like have some some community, some people yeah, who like get it right. That can just kind of laugh and joke with you with the things you're dealing with and, you know, be able to be like, can you believe this customer? Feel the pain. Right. And then like, because, yeah, if you were to tell somebody, you know, just out on the street, you know. I don't mean out on the street. You're not stopping a random person. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. like a, a normie family member of yours, it's not a reseller. And you're like, you yeah, this normie? customer, yeah, this customer is whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, no one cares. No one gets like, it. No one cares. But but if you're a reseller, you get it. You know, you understand yeah. what's going on. So uh, it, it's definitely been a powerhouse of a, of a community, just learning things and getting, you know, that, that community. And if you don't know what we're talking about, so we have a Discord that is a kind of a, a benefit of being a, our Patreon supporter. So the Patreon is just a way of supporting PSL Podcast. We have our weekly episode that goes out. We have our Monday minis, which I don't think we talk about enough on our like episodes. Like if you're a podcast listener, you might not be aware that like every Monday on YouTube, we have like a 10 to 15 minute 
like mini Maybe episode that, that goes up. And so, you know, we're, we're covering various things. Uh, we got some interesting ones coming up here pretty soon. So if you're not already following us there, go ahead and check that out. Uh, but if you want to support what Pierce Podcast does, because it costs money for the software we use for editing, it costs money for the servers we're using, for the cameras that we use, for the lighting, for our time, all of that. Uh, so we have some some followers who are like, hey, you know, thanks for having all this content for free. We appreciate it. Uh, they support us on Patreon, five fifty five a month, uh, and then on top of just supporting Pierce Podcast and keeping us going, so that you have new content every single Wednesday. That you know, that, I think that's unique with us with a lot of podcasts. Like I think most yeah. podcasts that I listen to every year, at some point, at least once during the year, takes like a good break. We don't take breaks. We have never once I know, I know. not had content. Like I think we've had like maybe one or two where like everything went crazy and we couldn't drop an episode. But I don't even. Think I, don't, that I don't happened. think so. No. So I think we've we and we don't recycle episodes too. That's another thing. Some some podcasts will like they'll literally play an old episode. Like here's you know here's a good one back in number one seventy three. Here it goes again, and they'll listen. Like let's play it. We've what we've done in the past is we've taken like. A compilation of yeah, like, like bolos or hustles, or yeah, like yeah. turned it into but that its own only once. A couple of times we've Even done that. Even the last two holiday seasons, we still recorded. We recorded, we recorded. So again, so for those of you who want to like thank us for that, we have our Patreon, and as a benefit of that, you get the the Discord. It's not like well, you're paying for extra content, but it is cool to be part of a community of other people who are supporting PS Podcast. So uh, we appreciate all of those people. All right. And hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. You can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email at purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, uh, you're welcome to, if you're just listening to podcasts and you want to catch those mini shows, come on over to YouTube. Our YouTube begins, it's growing a little faster. You know, we went through a phase where it was like, 10 new people, right? And so appreciate all the people that have been subscribing. If you haven't yet, just jump on over to our YouTube, Pierce the Podcast, subscribe, hit that like button, hit that like button right now, and hit that bell notification uh, whenever. Just hit it, smash it. That's there what you the go, kids smash say. it. <laughs> that's what the kids say. At least that's what they did pop culture like four years ago when we started this. So I don't know if that's, they're still saying smash it. Yeah, I don't know. Let hey, us know in the comments below. There was a definitely what a say certain phase smash. when they said smash. And as always, grateful for all of you that leave us reviews on iTunes. It definitely helps us in the algorithm. It gets our content out to more people. Uh, so when they type in reselling or they type in selling on eBay, uh, our podcast pops up. So thank you to everyone that's helped us out. All right. We got some interesting, uh, some, some kind of controversial maybe things to talk about here. Ooh. All right. All right. Reselling continues to happen no matter what's happening with the economy. What do you do with negative feedback? We'll talk about that. And we'll let eBay talk about that. All this and more. Orlando, take it away. All right. So I I came out came across, I don't know how I came across it, but OfferUp did like a uh, some report, the 2022. I guess the new word now is re-commerce. I don't know how new that is. It's been I've I've heard that for a little while now. Really? That is that is a new ish word re-commerce okay. yeah all right so offer up uh, according to the article said oh no did i just lose it uh, according to wah, wah, <laughs> i just wah. i just i clicked on the wrong but all right so they interviewed a representative set of americans and found out that they don't plan on slowing down in fact more than half 50 percent of americans who engage in re-commerce to increase their buying and their selling of pre-owned goods in the next 12 months now here's some interesting uh findings 82 percent of the sample 
Okay, so it's like 2,000 Americans from like different, you know, I don't know how they, everybody always says, you know, there's lies and then there's statistics. Was that Mark Twain? I think he said it more, in more a, eloquently, in, than eloquently than that. But uh, uh, according to this one, 82% of Americans buy and sell secondhand goods and the majority prefer to use online e-commerce plat- places as opposed to in-store options. And I hope that to be true. I, some of these other ones are interesting. 93% of Americans say inflation impacts their decision to buy and sell secondhand goods with an increasing emphasis on making and saving money, accelerating the growth of e-commerce. So that's a benefit. Now, I'm still waiting. A lot of people think like inflation, it may have peaked, but that inflation kind of goes away. We're, we're, it's not going to go away for like two or three years at least. Well, and that's the thing is like the idea is like people think like inflation, inflation doesn't go away in the sense of like the increased prices almost never go down. Like true. They'll go slightly down in categories, but what's going to happen is the, it's not going to keep going up at the same speed that it's going up. But I mean, once prices start going up and we, we know this, like when prices go up, it's not like stores and companies are like, Hey, you know what? People have been paying this price. So we're going to gladly drop. Now there will be some drop as people are trying to get, you know, customers buying again. And, but yeah, I mean, when, when, when prices go up, I mean, think about it like with gas. So when gas prices start to rise, you know, when it was three dollars a gallon, and people were like, "Man, I'm almost paying four. Yeah. And then once you bump gas up to over five dollars, then when it gets down into four fifty again, you're like, "Oh man, I'm only paying four fifty. This is great." And it's like, yeah, a year ago you would have been up in arms, but now you're happy comparatively, yeah, right? Know, and so, so that's uh, so so that yeah, I, I don't think inflation inf- inflation could slow, but the reality is price increases in some categories will go down, but I think I think the reason why you can say that prices are so much more than they were in, than they were in the sixties and seventies, eighties, they don't go back down to the way they were in the eighties. No, right. They, it it always know, goes in the 90s. Up. We had 29 cent hamburger and 39 cent cheeseburger oh. Wednesdays at McDonald's. Those are the days. Do you but remember you, those You days? could only order 20 though, at least at the McDonald's. Where yes. I and I, I remember after a sports game, I, I got challenged to do it. Oh, we do it all the time. My dad, we'd go, we'd drive through twice. So there were three of us boys, plus my dad, plus some neighborhood kids that pretty much lived with us. And so, uh, we would try and get 40. And so we'd have to order 20, <laughs> go through the drive through nice. order 20 again. Yep. Yeah. I remember those days. Those days are gone. Like never. I mean, right now a cheeseburger, I think it's like 229 or something. Yeah. Dollarman. You remember that? Oh, that's a, that was only two years ago. Like I love getting the, uh, the ice cream from McDonald's, like just cone. Mm. I remember when it was a dollar and now it's like 229. Just great. Anyways. All right. Enough of that. And then, so I thought this was going to affect the way I source. I looked at this a little bit. 76% of goods sold through e-commerce are in categories such as electronics, furniture and home goods, home improvement, sporting and outdoor equipment, and auto parts. In fact, apparel makes up 24% of the total e-commerce market. So you can look at that in two ways. One is there's a lot of room to grow for apparel, or maybe, you know, that's right now it's probably a better time to move away from clothing and move, move into more hard goods. Right. And I would say myself, my experience has been that I've been selling more hard goods. Now, granted, that's what I've been sourcing more too. So me, I can't say it's, you know, correlation is causation, but yeah, definitely interesting. Now, two other, two other things that I thought were pretty important here, 80% growth in expected, uh, re-commerce in the next five years, the re-commerce market is projected to reach 289 billion by 2027 and grow five times faster than the overall retail market. So to me, even though things are tough now, I do think as people are tightening what they spend, because listen, right now, I, I look at, for example, like I'll see like a TikTok live and there's like Disneyland's like packed out. And I think people don't understand the reality of where we're at yet. 
Right. I mean, there's a lag. I mean, that, that, that I've even heard that. Uh, hey, I actually cut you off for once. Um, there, <laughs> like housing prices is a good example of this, right? So as in as interest rates continue to rise significantly, houses just aren't selling like they used to. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not a seller's market anymore. But the thing is, if you're if you're a person, you own a home and you're going to try and sell it, and and you think to yourself, four months ago, my neighbor sold their house for, I don't know, eight hundred thousand dollars, and now I can't get six hundred. I'm not lowering anymore. I'm not going to lower the price. They got 800. My house is worth 800. And so it takes a little while before it's like, wait, it's been on the market. It's been on the market. Nobody's on. All of a sudden other people start uh, lowering the prices. And then you like, it takes a little while for people to catch up with, like you said, where we're at to realize like, wait a minute, I guess, I guess I can't sell for this much. Like maybe I can sit here and think, bummer, my neighbor sold theirs six months ago for this much, but I'm just not there. And so, yeah, I think you're right. There's a lot of people who are still, you know, money comes in. If you're in California, there's, you know, money just went out to help gas prices, I guess, was the... Uh, we got another stimulus check coming here. Basically, that's what it what it is. So, I mean, we're already... Every time I... Which, uh, which always does wonders with inflation. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, again, so if you're a reseller in another part of the country, you might notice a influx of sales coming from California for, like, luxury goods. Some people obviously are going to take that money and they need it because they're already hurting really bad. Yeah, and yeah. Groceries cost more and gas cost more. But, you know, for some people, if they're already able to make things work and you just help get from the government a free $1,200 you weren't expecting, it's like, heck yeah, I'll buy that camera I wanted for $600 on eBay. I mean, I didn't have this money before. Now I have it, you know? And so those little spikes of like, hey, look, a bunch of new sales are coming in. Look at all these sales I'm getting from California. Like that'll last for a little bit. And then, and then it catches up where we're really at. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause I remember months ago, like people would comment like unemployment hasn't hit. This isn't a recession. Well, no, it's happening now, right? There's a lag in the economy. Now I thought this was interesting here in 2022, Americans spend as much time shopping re-commerce online as they do browsing social media. Online shopping has made e-commerce more accessible. 20, 61% of shoppers choose to shop secondhand via online e-commerce and marketplaces, while only 39% shop secondhand in-store. But e-commerce is more than just a shopping preference. It has become part of the consumer's daily lifestyles. Americans spend an average of 27 minutes per day on e-commerce platforms, which is just shy of 30 minutes per day spent on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Now, what I wonder though, is that combined, so are they spending an hour and a half on social media and then 27 minutes shopping? It's possible. Because I can't imagine that that 27 minutes of shopping and then people are only spending 27 minutes on social media. I see how much social media people are using. I think it's on average though. On average, I think people are spending a couple hours a day on social media. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That's so crazy. <laughs> no, it's, it's so crazy. crazy. <laughs> I got to tell you, before Peter's a podcast, like you and I really didn't do social media like at all, at all. So anyways, things to think about, things maybe to give you hope and encourage you uh, that, you know, People will begin to buy even more so as the economy begins to tighten. Uh, there's also going to be plenty of opportunities to buy, which this is why I continue buying. And uh, we'll see where we are a year from now. You know, too bad. I wish we had an AI that could like go through all our episodes and like take clips out. Mm. Right. Because I know we've said a lot of things that came true. And I know we said a lot of things that didn't come true. So uh, I, I listen, I always want to be wrong when I talk about like the economy and stuff. I, I'd rather be wrong. I'd rather us have like the golden, like, I remember, I remember at the end of COVID people were talking about 
uh, that, you know, as soon as things got back to normal, that we were going to have like the roaring 20s again. Do you remember right. we were talking yep. about that? That it was going to be an age of decadence and people. And so the NFT market was exploding. Metaverse was like people were buying <laughs> Decentraland, like pieces of like people were buying cruise ships in the metaverse for like over a hundred thousand dollars that would that literally lasted i think like six months yeah. if that crazy time so sure. anyways all right now to be honest though so we, we do say like we hope we're wrong with this stuff and and of course you know our our perspective is is one one opinion on things and and hopefully it's it's a an opinion based off of you know logic and and you know, thought, and there's definitely smarter people than me that could come up with different conclusions on different things. So, uh, but the reality is PLS podcast has never been negative of the fact that we think reselling is adaptable and 100%. that you can make it work. So yeah, even if you hear us, cause we have, we've been accused of being like doomsdayers and stuff, but like, hopefully what we're saying is not like, Hey, the economy, real. the economy is going down. So what you should do is go buy a bunch of food stores and put it in your basement and go get a gun and lock your door and bar it. And then the zombie, apart. like, that's not what we're saying. Like we're saying is just be aware like whether no matter what like if the economy gets worse and things get hard i think reselling there's definitely gonna be some downs in it but then there's potential for growth and then the same thing is if the economy turns around and gets better like no matter what we can win if we're being wise and so that's all we want to be saying as pierce podcast is if you're listening to this don't take away from it that like oh mike and orlando are just negative about the economy or negative about reselling we're actually trying to be positive we're trying to say no matter what comes, you just got to be aware. It's the people who put their head in the sand. I mean, if I'm wrong, it's the economy gets way, way better and I'm going to succeed. But if I'm right, I've been doing the things that I need to do to prepare mm -hmm. for things to be potentially get worse. Right. So that, that's all we're saying is, is we can not only succeed, but it's, it's usually daring downturn economies when the largest uh, wealth um, changes hands. It, it, it's always during, I mean, I watched one, like Instagram, TikTok thing. And I mean, you mentioned this too. Like I, I'm a big Warren Buffett fan when it comes to investing style as far as value investing. And you were kind of opposed to that in a sense and like kind of like riding the, the bull market wave. Yeah, it was and, nice. and one of the things you said is like, that's just the old school way of doing it. Like there's a new, like the, but the reality is a lot of those people had, had haven't been selling for a long time. I've only ever sold in a bull market. And I watched one guy make a little, like a, is it a 30 second TikTok type video. And his video was, everybody was saying how foolish Warren Buffett was for not buying during the bull market. He was sitting on like some 230 million or yeah, billion yeah. dollars. He's just sitting on this money. Everybody else is buying and everyone's saying Warren Buffett's lost it. He doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have what it takes anymore in this market. He doesn't know what to do. And he goes, now Warren Buffett's sitting on that money. And he's like, how many of you guys would like to have that money right now? Yeah. He's going to go buying, he's going to go shopping and he's going to buy all of these companies on discount. They're all going to be for sale and they're going to be for sale at, at fraction of, of, of what they're worth. And so, the point we're trying to make is if you're being wise during bad times, you can come out ahead and maybe you miss it this time. I mean, it's all the people who have the the, the best stories of their house that they bought or the business they were able to buy turnkey or all those things was they were in the right place at the right time, usually during a market crash. Mm -hmm. Hey, I bought my house during the market crash. You never hear the positive story of, yeah, I bought my house when it was at its peak and that was the best <laughs> decision I ever made. And so during a crash you can if, if you can ride it through and make it through you're going to be fine and if you can potentially capitalize on it and maybe you miss it this time maybe you don't have the capital available well listen to PSL podcast this could this tends to happen every seven to 14 years there's going to be another like big event that happens and things end up going back down so be in a place where you can buy the property where you can expand your business tenfold because you had the money you had the capital you were ready to 
to buy. I mean, just imagine if you were buying stock right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a big deal. I'm waiting a little bit longer, but yeah, I mean, you could, you could try and time it down too. I mean, but uh, you never know. You never I know. know. I know. All right. Now this came up in the discord and I thought this was good to share with everyone. So some people had mentioned that they ended up dropping below, below, uh, uh, above standard or below top rated seller and i hear a lot of youtubers say it's not a big deal it's okay and i want to tell you guys that's false that is a false narrative and this is why so if you go to ebay and you look at their promoted listing standard and their eligibility criteria it says promoted listing standard puts your merchandise in front of more buyers when they're actively searching and shopping on the ebay network increasing them visibility and increasing item visibility and helping to improve the likelihood of a sale Promoted listing standards. So this is not pay-per-click. This is just the basic promoted listings. It's currently available to above standard and top-rated sellers with enough account activity. Sellers can promote fixed-price listings for most categories except vehicles, real estate, everything else. <laughs> Why does it say everything else? Well, what is everything else? It must be a category on eBay. Interesting. And some travel categories. Uh, action buy now listings that are not eligible at this time. When you create a promo listing standard campaign, only listings that are eligible for the service will appear in your selection view. So let me repeat that one key line. Promoted listing standard is currently available to above standard and top rated eBay sellers. And so what happened is we had some people in the Discord, for whatever reasons, they ended up dropping below above standard or losing their top rated seller status, and they were unable to promote their listings, and their listings tanked. So do you know right, what everything else is? What? It's the uh, adult-only eBay stuff, but that doesn't exist anymore, right? It does. I guess so. It's uh, so. so <laughs> I love how they call so it not, everything else. Everything. <laughs> so everything else is the not safe for work stuff. We'll just leave it there. There you go. So be aware that you want to make sure you're above standard. You want to make sure you're above top rated because again, if eBay is saying that their standard for promoted listings is two percent and used to be one percent, they moved it to two percent, and most of their income or their revenue comes from promoted listings not from gross merchandise sales that's the selling of goods between you and a buyer then it, chances are you want to make sure you're doing promoted listings and that gate that you need to make sure is open for you is above standard top rated seller so you can continue having sales so make sure you're aware of that that's good all right this next one might put us in a little bit of controversy might not so i had mike listen to this i don't know how much mike listened so the latest eBay for Business podcast, which we can't play because maybe we'll get a copyright strike. We're not going to play it? No. Okay. All right. So somebody had called in. Somebody had called in and they had asked about feedback removal. Right. And they said, hey, you know, uh, is it worth it? You know, what's the point? Like, how do you do it? And the response to me was, for lack of a better word, wasn't probably the best response. That was my thoughts. Before I go into it, what are your thoughts on it? What did they say? Do you remember? Yeah. So I'll, I'll summarize the situation. Okay. So the guy calls in, uh, he, the point he makes, uh, other than talking about some astrology was, uh, that he is proud of his good feedback and that getting negative feedback, this has only been like the second time he's gotten negative feedback and he's pretty upset about it. And, uh, kind of wondered if there was, you know, something to do, um, like it, it, what eBay's basically suggestion was. And the eBay for Business podcast, their response uh, was kind of twofold. Uh, I think part of it, the advice was was valid, but I think the way it was presented was pretty poor. Uh, so essentially, they said, "Look, you take it, you take uh, pride in your good feedback. 
it's easy to get good feedback. Don't worry about, I mean, if you got good feedback, who cares? What's actually more important isn't that you got negative feedback because that happens. In fact, I've gotten a couple of negative feedback in my 10 years of selling. However, what's important is how you respond to negative feedback. So you're actually going to be better off with a negative feedback and a positive response to it on your eBay, like message to them, then just a whole bunch of positive feedback. Customers don't really care if you've got nothing but positive feedback. What customers care about is how you respond to the negative feedback you have. Are you being mean and aggressive to them, uh, to the customer who was upset? Or were you, you know, professional essentially was what they said, which I think there's some validity there. Like you don't want to see if, if you're buying from a company and they're being snarky to all the people who have complaints. I'm like, well, this is a company that's, you know, that, that, that doesn't seem professional. I don't want to buy from them. So there's validity there. But I think it was almost kind of like, who cares if you have positive feedback? It's okay to have some negative feedback, but I think that what they don't realize, because they, you know, I've had a couple of negative feedback in my 10 years of, of selling, is I don't think they understand what it means to be a reseller who sells on eBay. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, I work for eBay. I do, I sell some stuff here and there, make a little bit of money, uh, mostly so I can understand how reselling works, but this is my job. Like I used to work for DirecTV. I get it. I had to own DirecTV. I had to watch some DirecTV channels. I needed to be able to talk about DirecTV you know, what, what new programs we were offering and all of that. But that didn't mean that I was like a TV junkie. People would call in and they knew way more about TV really because it was their life than mm -hmm. I did. And I think it's the same thing as if you're a full-time reseller and I don't think what, what eBay for business was taken into account was, Hey, if I get negative feedback, there seems to be a huge dip in my sales. Negative feedback tends to hurt. At least it seems like the amount of conversion that I'm getting, it seems like I'm being pushed further back in the algorithm. My stuff isn't being promoted as high. I'm being punished for a negative feedback. So it's not just like, hey, like our podcast, I, I no, never expect to have a 5.0 rating. I'm totally fine. But it's like on, on Amazon, when I buy something on Amazon, if I see four and a half stars or almost five stars with thousands of reviews and there's a couple of people who are upset, totally fine. But if it's there's 200 reviews and they're all positive and they're all five stars, that's a little fishy to me. Yeah, I see that, but I think it's what 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 was missed was what is said in that negative feedback, right? Because you know I sell collectibles, so if I had somebody leave a negative feedback that said poorly packaged, mm. and eBay refused to remove that, that would hurt me. Mm. Like there would be a collector that would look, and they would see that it's like a train or it's you know a vintage toy or something, and they'd be like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to buy from this guy. Right. Uh, or the feedback was, you know, terrible customer service or I never heard from this person or it, it just to me, it's glaring. It's glaring. Right. I, I've had I've had moments where people have left some really bad negative feedback that was not true. And, you know, one of the message was like, hey, you just suck it up. You know, it's part of doing business and it gives you an opportunity to make things right. And not trying to repeat too much what you said, but one of the responses was like, make sure in your response and the feedback that you don't sound like you're crazy. And that's true. You shouldn't. I would actually say, don't leave anything on there because it looks like you're trying to excuse yourself. But if you're a full-time reseller, okay, I've done this long enough that I know that plenty I get, and I can't say a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that people are willing to buy from me because they look at the hundred percent feedback and then they look at, when whenever it says package really well or this guy here super fast or any of those are good. But when I get something that's like, you know, terribly packaged, never heard from this person, you know, my item, you know, was broken and they didn't do anything to resolve it. Like I hundred percent believe you need to fight every single feedback. Now part of that though could be that we have an inflated feedback system. So I think I think 
there's validity. And don't get me wrong, I totally am opposed to what the eBay for Business podcast was saying. Okay. However, um, and even if you weren't, we're still friends. That's fine. Okay. Uh, but the the thing I'm thinking is, for example, grades is a good example. San Diego uh, District um, of Education has decided that uh, there will be no zeros for grades. You get a 50%. Oh, I went down that road. Huh? Yeah, 50% is the lowest grade you can get for not doing something. The lowest grade you can get for even putting your name on assignment is a 55%, right? So Wait, you get 5% for putting your name? You don't have to do anything else, wow. right? You just you, you, you turn in, you press turn in on the assignment, you didn't do anything to it, 55%. So nice. what that does is it inflates the grades, right? So what used to be, hey, this person worked really hard and they got a B, Right. With now with kind of an inflated grade system, because, hey, if somebody worked a little bit and I would give this normally a D, well, hey, why would I give them a 60 percent when the person who did nothing gets a 55? So, I'm, I mean, this is at least a 75 compared to that. So it inflates the grades. And so you look at that and you go, well, A doesn't really mean what it used to. And I think it's kind of the same thing with eBay, with the with the mm -hmm. inflation of, of feedback. So if you look at most sellers all have 100 percent feedback, it almost doesn't mean as much as if 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 negative feedback was almost impossible to remove and everybody had some of it, it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Because you'd look at it and you go, I mean, that's what I expect on Amazon. I, I mean, Amazon, you can't really remove feedback, I'm sure, because you know, there's some, there's books where it's like some people really love the book and they yeah, explain I mean, why. I mean, and then there's a couple of people who yeah. give like a 2% on the book and they're like, yeah. this was dumb. I don't like it because this reason, this reason. And I read their responses and I'm like, yep, yeah, that's probably the reason I would like that book, you know, because the things you say you don't like. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it kind of, there's more, there's almost more trust when there's, you know, some negative, some positive, more positive than negative. Uh, the people who are negative, you're like, that person is the one that sounds crazy. But when you're in a system where you kind of look at it and you're like, hey, almost everybody has 100% positive feedback, then the couple of negative feedbacks that people do have, it's like, wait a minute, why does this person have negative? Yeah, and that, that's my rationale. Like, you need to make sure your reputation is kept. And now, I know some of you that listen to us don't have 100%, and I get that. But try to keep it at that high ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent, right? You don't you don't you don't want to dip lower than that. But I, there's also the safety net where you never know. You might end up like all good, and you get that one negative feedback, and you kind of you know you dealt with it. And I know one day maybe I'll have to deal with one, and then you get hit with like two or three in a month, right? And then it, then it starts looking even more because I do I do look at the negative feedback now. I, I don't want to go circle circle around this, but. You know, they had mentioned it's not worth the time to message or to call eBay. And I would disagree with that. It is worth your time. If if you're selling certain types of items and you want buyers to have confidence in you, I'd rather spend the time messaging and calling and get that 100% feedback back to ensure that people, when they see my store and they see what I sell, know that they're going to get 100% customer satisfaction when they get their item. Yeah. You know who doesn't want to deal with that? Who eBay? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like yeah, yeah. you're you'd be okay with wasting an hour of your time to get a negative feedback removed if it was like hurting your business. eBay doesn't want to give up an hour of their paid employee That's to true. deal with your store, which is why I think it would make sense for them to be like, don't even worry about it. It's not that big of a deal unless it's a really big deal. Then you can call it, but mostly don't worry about it because they kind of have a, a a dog in the fight to be like, eh, we'd rather not be inundated with phone calls of people wanting to get uh feedback removed. I mean, I'm pretty sure if we gave buyers feedback, right, they, they would, people would have major issues with having, you know, bad negative feedback on their buying profile. Cause that would cause people to go, you know what? I'm not going to sell this person. Right. So it's the same. It's vice versa. All right. I don't want to belabor the point. 
fight every negative feedback, keep your reputation up. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some things that make us money here. What's your bolo? All right, what's my bolo? So um, we've talked a lot about, uh, maybe not a lot, but we've talked about various watches. You've had some good watch hauls. Um, what, what, what type of watches was it that you were? I like selling Swatch. Swatch. I like some yeah. of those 80s, Swatch. 90s okay. watches. Uh, so we've talked about Swatch. We've talked about uh, Swiss, uh, Seiko, I think. Uh, I know I've talked about... Seiko. Seiko. I know I've talked about uh, uh, Belova, I think is how you pronounce Belova, it. Belova, yeah, yeah. So we've talked about various brands of watches that we've done, but one that that I don't think we've talked about yet, but it, it, it is actually a really good Bolo. And they're not that hard to find. I mean, they're, they're valuable watches, uh, but you, you do run into them at places... Um, is the brand Citizen. So Citizen watches, especially if they're vintage. So if you're getting, if you're looking at older Citizen watches, the comps on them are really good. I mean, you're, they're going to vary, of course, but there's quite a few that I've found that are, are in the 100 plus range, hmm. right? So uh, when you're talking about watches that you can pick up oftentimes at garage sales or thrift, not thrift stores typically, but, you know, maybe a swap meet or something like that, and you're paying five, 10 bucks maybe for a watch, um, I've started getting into replacing batteries on watches because uh, oh. I used to sell them for parts. We need to talk. <laughs> I have like 20 watches. Nice. Um, I mean, it's easy to do depending on the watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're talking about like a two to five dollar pickup for a watch, especially if it doesn't work, somebody at a garage sale, they're looking at the watch and they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. I don't know. Uh, five bucks, 10 bucks. And you could sell it for over a hundred. It's, it's a no brainer because they're easy to ship. They're easy to take pictures of. Um, they don't cost a ton to to store space wise. I mean, it's really a win win win. Um, you don't have to replace batteries on watches and stuff. You can make more if if you if you could sell the Citizen watch for one hundred and twenty three dollars working, you could probably sell it for sixty five seventy bucks with no battery and just say it needs a battery. Now, I've always just sold watches as needs a new battery. Yeah, and I've never actually replaced the battery and tested. Uh, because it's true, it needs a new battery. I didn't say like every other feature works on it perfectly, and I've never had a customer buy a bat buy a watch, replace the battery, and say, "Hey, it also doesn't keep time, or it doesn't work, or the gears you broken." Lucky. Maybe, maybe I've gotten lucky, but yeah. I just think like most of the time, watches I feel like I mean, yeah, some of them, dirty. Some of them break, but like if you're not just buying a cheapy watch. They usually it's just the battery goes out. Someone stops wearing it. They put it in a drawer, right? It's not like people are throwing them around the house most of the time so most of the time batteries are our watches are going to work they just need a battery agreed all right it's a good bolo. all right so mine is an interesting one i'm a big fan of buying team gear of the team that loses in the playoffs mm, yeah most people most people root for the winners man yeah no well because a lot of people what they do is they're all getting hyped they buy all this stuff and then their team loses and a lot of people are just fed up. And <laughs> so they, they'll donate it. They'll sell it for cheap. I mean, right now I went on a offer up and there's a whole bunch of pottery stuff being sold. And, nice. and so keep an eye because you might think, well, you know, this isn't worth it. You know, I don't know when this is going to sell. So if you're able to buy stuff for cheap and hold on, because here's the thing. If a team did really well one year, chances are they're going to do well next year. Except for the Phillies. Do you know the Phillies generally make it to like the World Series during a time of recession? Um, I, I saw a post about that. I didn't like, I thought it was interesting. Right Anyways, I'm just a little bitter. So, but, uh, I'm a big fan of going to the thrift stores and sometimes people just unload. Like they're like, I'm done with this team. I mean, you get a lot of fair weather fans that 
They're just, you know, for the moment, you know, they were able to get tickets. They wanted to go to a game and yeah, they and they bought all this gear or they went to a party. Yeah, yeah, and they bought all this gear, and now they're like, ah, I don't really care anymore. And so they'll donate it or they'll try to sell it on Craigslist or some, you know, local marketplace. So keep an eye out. You know, the Yankee stuff, like Yankees, people thought we we're going to move forward and then they lost. And so uh, just keep an eye out. Now, Yankee stuff is kind of tough. I would say that there's so much of that. But, you know, maybe there's a lot of Padre stuff. There's a lot of, you know, the other teams that didn't make it far. A lot of Dodger stuff that didn't make it far. Uh, but, you know, keep an eye out because in the next month or so, those things are going to begin to show up at the thrift or show up in local deals. And you can get some good buys and just hold to that season. And as the season's coming, people begin to get nostalgic and go, maybe this will be the year. And they start buying that stuff. So uh, keep an eye on losing playoff team gear. So, all right. Uh, hey, before we move on, when's the last time you shaved your head? When's the last time I shaved my head this morning? Did you use that special tool? Oh yeah. Skull shaver. It's good stuff, man. If you haven't bought a skull shaver yet, what do you, what, what, you're sleeping on it, man. I mean, you got to get yourself a skull shaver. They are fantastic products. They're, they're high quality. I, how long have we been sponsored by skull shaver? It's been two years at least. At least I mean, it's probably closer to three now. Yeah. Um, either way though, uh, I've, I've been using the exact same device. A lot of times you buy products and like the battery works for, you know, a few months and then it stops holding a charge. This thing's still holding a charge. It still cuts great. It's really just a beast. You can throw it in the bag, shave your head. It goes good. Fast, quick. Um, I, I love it. Um, it. You just get one. Get one. Use a promo code HUSTLE, capital H, and you'll get a nice little discount. Let's them know we sent you. Great for and, Christmas. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's the Q4 gift for sure. Get yourself a skull shaver. Find that bald, that bald uh, loved one in your life. <laughs> you know, that person that, I mean, let's be honest. Us bald people need a little bit more love. You know, the, the life's already hard. It's already hard for us. So <laughs> make it a life a little easier. With a skull shaver. Okay. All right. What are you looking forward to, Mike? Um, I'm looking forward to finishing up um, kind of the organization of my move and kind of getting some stuff listed and going again. So just kind of having the store running on like partial capacity. So when you talk move, like we, we should probably should talk off podcast about this, but let's say percentage wise, what percentage are that you're going to move? Oh, okay. So you're talking like like cross country move. I'm still talking about moving my my inventory. From oh, you're my still shed doing that. To, yeah, because it's okay. I've been able to kind of sell between both, and then just kind of have like my store on on like I said, like running on like partial partial steam, not really going full force, okay. which has been fine because I mean I'm able to make enough reselling that that it does what I want it to do. But how sure am I? I'm moving uh, cross country. I'm thinking 100 percent, man. It's got to be. I got to do what's right for my family. I, I mean, it, I, I, all of our, I, I would say probably every single one of our listeners, if you're hustling and you're doing it, this as a second job or even full time, you probably have like this huge desire to like provide a better life for yourself or your family, right? One yeah. of those two things. And so, um, you know, different decisions have to be made. And, uh, but just to clarify for those of you who are like, oh no, what about Pure Hustle Podcast? Promise you, Pure Hustle Podcast yeah. will continue and it will not, it will not, the quality is not going to go down. The, the type of content you get, it will not go down. You will be getting the same, if not I better. Just, I just content. wonder what it would be like, let's say two to three years from now, hypothetically, I get back into education. I'm still reselling. That would be an interesting podcast. Yeah. I mean, I might actually end up moving more towards reselling. Yeah. Right? like things might, 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 might flip. switch. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? And I'm not saying that's happening. It's just... You know, catch our mini-sode on Monday because we'll talk about the advantages of a 9-to-5 or a reselling 
part of a two-part series. All right. Hey, um, okay, good. Uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do, right? So going to keep sourcing, going to keep listing, going to keep shipping. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no magic formula to rebounding, right? The market is unpredictable. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. I am going to scout for Amazon uh, because if if eBay does not begin to bring in results, I'm just going to have to find another way uh, to make money in sales. And again, this is the first Q4 that I have not done extensive retail arbitrage. I actually have not picked up a single item for resale arbitrage where this time last year, I already was like, I, was, I don't think I had the van yet, but I was already out in stores. I was filling out my garage. I was sending things to FBA and I've done none of that because... I just haven't find found the stuff and I don't know if that's going to be the safe bet for this Q4. So, all right. Hey, thank you everyone that tuned in. Uh, really appreciate all of you sticking with us, allowing us to keep it real. I know, like Mike said, sometimes we seem like doom and gloom, but we always, you know, we just want to document, document where we're at, document what's happening. Uh, but in the end, the reselling is one of those things that is a for sure thing as long, you know, there's a lot of things tied to it, but got to tell you, it's just a great thing to be able to do uh, to level up your standard of living. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Late. Peace. Peace.